UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And on this episode, we're going to discuss Michigan's overtime victory by a score of 27-20 to 20 over the Indiana Hoosiers on the road. Well, Andy, what did you think about that one? Well, I thought it was a good win. I thought it was quite exciting. I thought in the way Michigan displayed some toughness in there, they got the running game going. I was, it was great to see Karan uh, Higdon uh, do as well as he did. Uh, the 59-yard touchdown, been waiting a long time to see that. What was disappointing were all those fouls and penalties. I'm not paying attention in business there. That hurt the team and caused them a loss. If they do that kind of crap, get, you know, TDs uh, called back and get um, all kinds of penalties. I don't understand that. There's, I thought Harbaugh was a more disciplined coach than that, and I don't know why he stands for it. Well, in his defense... It wasn't Coach Harbaugh. It wasn't Coach Harbaugh out there making those penalties. Now it was quite surprising. I mean, on one way, hey, we set a record. Of course, it's not the kind of record you want to set. To, to set, you know, sixteen penalties. Um, part of that, I mean, you you could say that part of that was that the officials were calling some tic tac stuff. But sixteen penalties is sixteen penalties. Um, and you know, coming coming after that that lost to Michigan State last year, or last week, um, you really kind of expected a better performance. Now, I'm not going to be one of those people who complains about a win. I would much rather have an ugly win than a pretty, than a pretty loss. You know, there's, there's no such thing as a good loss. I think the thing that really surprised me was, you know, midway through that game, the offense was still struggling. And last week, you could have said, well, it was the... You know, the bright lights of the night game, it was the weather, it was this, it was that. Andy, the offense just isn't very good. And it was great to see Karan Higdon break out. Hopefully, I mean, frankly, you know, we've discussed this on previous podcasts. I've, I've wondered why he hasn't been the featured back more, or, you know, he, you know, again, against Michigan State. In the second half, he seemed to be getting traction. And they kept going to other guys, and, and that's something that we'll criticize, you know, in, in last week's play calling. But this week, again, 200 yards. He he busted out. He definitely, uh, I think, has a firm grip on the as the featured back. That was good to see. The weird thing for me was, you know, you're watching this game, and on one hand, the offensive line looks horrible at times, and then. You have a back at 200 yards. So I think a lot of that was that, you know, especially on that big run, you know, he bounced it outside. Um, again, what's weird about this offensive line is it's so sporadic, is that it's good and it's bad, it's good and it's bad. Um, you know, you see uh, John O'Corn really, you know, kind of be pretty good about avoiding pressure, but he still doesn't have the accuracy thrown downfield. Um, you know, for all the people who were screaming bloody murder for Spate to get pulled and somebody else to get a chance, and I will tell you, Andy, I was one of those people who was pretty critical of Spate. Um, yes, you know, and, and again, I, I will own up to it. But you're looking at 
Ed O'Corn here, and you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, and, and I've and I've said this before. Listen, the coaches want to win. They put the best players out there, and I think this is showing that really, you know, not that John O'Corn isn't going to get better, but he doesn't seem like a substantial upgrade over Spate right now. And boy, you got to wonder how bad Brandon Peters looks to not have uh, at least got a look this year. So, what do you think? Well, I think that uh, John O'Connor is going to be your man until he loses a game or two, and then there might be a change. I think that he's having uh, sort of the same difficulty that Rodak had in his first year when he just couldn't hit the long ball because he wasn't in tune with the receivers and so forth and so on. Uh, O'Connor shows some good qualities, the ability to get away from the rush, and it's a good thing he has that, or he's been flat on his back more than he has been, because that defensive line uh, can't seem to learn the pass block, and the backs still don't do a good job of it. He was hurried far too much in that game. Again, it happens. It's chronic. So I don't know if that's ever going to be solved this year now. I'm getting to the point where I don't think it is. So I think that Michigan is in a position where they're going to have to rely on defensive points more. Why don't we ever get takeaways? Why don't they can the ball out of some running back's hands or something like that? Maybe because they're not taught to do it. I don't know what they teach. But anyway, we've got one heck of a defense. That's very good. And they showed up good. I had one criticism and only one, and that's when the game was at state, when we were ahead, the defense did not do its part to stop the advance for that field goal. And the offense was powerless to move the ball to uh, to get more points at at that point in the game. But they sure handled things in overtime, and I guess we got to be grateful for what we had. Those kids play hard. They are a hard-playing team, and they don't quit. There's a lot of good. We talk about the bad all the time, but there's a lot of good they generate every game. So I don't know how many more they're going to win because the schedule is getting increasingly hard. Well, Andy, Andy, I agree with that. And I'll tell you, I, I have said this in every podcast, and, you know, this last game was the perfect indicator. I don't see any school scoring more than two or three touchdowns on our defense, but I don't know if our offense can score more than two or three touchdowns. Now, you know, you can say that they, you know, they, they got a touchdown in overtime, but yeah, if you're spotted that many yards, you know, great. But uh, it's, 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 it's just frustrating to me, and, and I think the, the major concern, listen, the media and a lot of people and the, you know, a lot of fans, I'd say college football fans, not so much Michigan fans, teed off on, on Coach Harbaugh last week. And, and part of that is natural, okay? You know, again, the media, Harbaugh picks and chooses who he, who he cooperates with in the media. Um, he tweets, he gets plenty of attention, probably, you know, I don't think probably, more than any other, he gets more attention than any other coach, any other college football coach. And that doesn't jibe with his record, okay? But it does jibe with his potential and where I think he's going to take this team. 
So when, you know, that, that's well said. That's well said. And when he stumbles, everybody on the media who who he has kind of thumbed his nose at, or they think he's thumbed his nose at, they're the first to jump on. Other teams are first to jump on. Look, he's overrated. Blah blah blah. The reality is, listen, this guy he has built programs at every stop. He is going to build this program. You know, I, I was telling one of my friends, I'm like, well, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big Star Wars fan, okay? So right now, if we were looking at the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy, we're in the Empire Strikes Back part. Things look tough, but you know that things are going to turn around, and um, you know, you know, so so addressing, you know, that's addressing the media. You know, look, Michigan dropped a couple spots in the rankings. That's fine, and, and it's funny because people get bent out of shape on with that, and I go, listen, okay. Michigan has opportunities to fix that. The very next one is this next game. Beat Penn State, the rankings will take care of themselves. Beat Ohio State, the rankings will take care of themselves. You know, it would be different if this was the end of the season and you only had a game or two left. Um, and, and again, you know, you lose to Michigan State and you look unimpressive on Indiana. You know, one thing that's interesting is, you know, that was the highest ranked or the highest rated TV game of the weekend. So... People love to see Michigan. People are going to tune in to see Harbaugh succeed or fail, and I think that just shows, you know, what he brings to the game. So, you know, what do you think about the uh, the criticism of Harbaugh from this last week, Andy? Well, I think he he purposely keeps a high profile, and the press loves to build up an idol, and then the press also loves just as much or maybe more to tear them down. So as long as he's He's very high profile. He's going to get a lot of criticism from everybody. And I'll tell you what, Harbaugh doesn't care. What he cares about, or he's proved to me that he cares about, is how Michigan is doing and how those kids are. And he tries to do good things for them. He keeps them pretty straight and keeps the program clean. And he's going to be a winner, whether it's this year to the degree that we want, it certainly is going to be a good year next year with all the returning experience. And so I think the outlook is still like with Harbaugh. I think that he makes enemies and he doesn't care. And uh, people are going to take, take uh, political pot shots at him all the time. That's fine. What I want to see, though, is a little better performance on the field. He's got to have that, and the sooner that's here, the better for him, the better for the Wolverines, and the better for us fans. You know, the thing that puzzles me at this point in the uh, Harbaugh reign is really how, you know, there's no other word for it, weak the offense is at this point. Um, you know, and, and I kind of I kind of scratch my head. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, under Richrod, under Hoke, the offensive line was always a step behind development, and and you know we we derided Daryl Funk, and I couldn't you know one of the I think one of the mistakes that Hoke made is that he probably should have gotten rid of Daryl Funk along with Al Borges, and maybe things yeah. and maybe things would have been different, but you know the reality is when you look at the offensive line right now, this has been building for a couple years. You lost out on a couple, you know, top recruits. You have some guys get injured. Uh, and, and, again, there's this, you know, I call it a, a technical deficit. You know, it's one of those things where, 
eventually it's going to catch up with you. And right now it appears to be catching up with them. And for yeah. me, the number one problem with the offense is the, is the line. You know, it's very simple. You know, if you give if you give any quarterback more time, he's gonna he's gonna feel comfortable back there. He's gonna look downfield. He's gonna hit his receivers. And if anything, you know, I'm amazed watching the last two games. Corn is very good at evading the rush. I mean, better, way better than Spate. The problem is, is that you know he he's gotten uh, he bails out a little quick, and I think that there are times that. You know he should, he could have hung in the pocket and, and perhaps had some more options downfield, and but again you know you have a guy who's just getting used to, to playing in live game action, and you have an offensive line that is rickety at this point. Um, but again, you know as you said, uh, you know there's a lot more season to go, and probably no I'd say not probably their biggest test of the season is next week. I mean their biggest yeah. test so far. Um, and it's interesting because if you think about when Michigan put a beating on Penn State last year, the programs have kind of gone in different directions. You know, Penn State, um, you know, took that kick in the teeth. And it's interesting because I, I spoke to somebody real close to the program, and I talked to them before that game, and I talked to them after the game, and then I talked to them this year, and I said, you know, they didn't expect to get beat like that. I don't think anybody does. And... You know, speaking with them in the off season, I said, "So, so what happened? What, what do you think's the biggest change that happened after you guys lost to Michigan?" And, and basically, what I was told was, "Well, you know, you had a lot of guys who thought they were better than starters, who thought they were better than they were, who got a chance to play in that Michigan game, you know, due to injuries and other and other things, and they saw they weren't all that." You know, they came up against a Michigan team that was firing on all cylinders. And that kick in the teeth basically kind of reset attitudes and really uh, brought the whole team together to practice and to focus on every game after that. And you see, they ended up winning the Big Ten. And, you know, they're ranked number two in the nation right now while Michigan is barely uh, hanging in the top 20. So... It'll be very interesting to me to see how we match up against Penn State, considering you know where we were last year versus them. Yeah, well, the fact that they're uh, ranked number two means nothing. Uh, if at the end of the season they're number two, that would mean something. They don't have a real good line, I don't think. They got a couple of stars. Those guys, and both of them, are good. But the rest of the team, some of it seems to me to be mediocre, and they seem to be to be overrated. But who knows? We'll find out. We'll know this time next Sunday when we talk about this, just how good Michigan is and just how good Penn State is, at least compared to each other. Well, Andy, let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Last year, at the end of the third quarter, okay, it was 35-3. to 3. Michigan over Penn State. In any world, do you envision that that could that anything close to that this year? No, that's not going to happen again. What you're going to do is win in overtime or win late in the game and win by not very much. Without prolific scorers on offense, you don't win by much. And uh, unless 
we've had some special teams to the add to the pudding there. Uh, it's going to be a close game, I would think. But I think Michigan can prevail because that defense beats heck of everybody in faces. Everybody. So we'll see how good their uh, offensive line is, that protection, and that knocking down people that are bigger, faster, stronger than they are. So I don't degrade Penn State. He's done a heck of a job with that program to get it up off the deck and win a Big Ten championship is something that we're dreaming of. And it's to be respected. But to over it, but they gotta prove it again. And we'll see if they can. And they're both the Wolverines and uh, Penn State are in the big spotlight. And this is a key game. Michigan wasn't Michigan State wasn't considered a rivalry. And I don't, I don't know whether this one is or not, but it doesn't matter. It's night. The lights are on. It'll be a whiteout. It'll be a raucous, obnoxious crowd. And uh, it'll be a heck of a ball game, I think. You know, the concern yeah. I have is that in, in no way do I think this, okay? But it is interesting for me um, when I gave up on Rich Rod and when I gave up on Hoke, we're both away games at Penn State, okay? And it's yeah. funny because whenever we go up to Penn State, I, I'm reminded that, you know, I was all in with both of those guys. And, you know, in Rich Rod, you know, Michigan had two weeks to prepare, went into Penn State and basically got schooled by a walk-on quarterback. That's how bad our defense was. And then um, on Hoke, it was that overtime game that should have never went to overtime that Michigan lost, and I finally went, yeah, things are, things are not turning around here. So it, it's, it's a raw spot for me whenever we have a, a night game. Now, conversely, I remember in 97, uh, my wife and I drove out to Penn State to see the, the game of the century, and Michigan put a beating down on them. So hopefully... This is going to be one of those times where Michigan will come up. And again, I mean, I'm not expecting an offensive explosion, but, you know, this defense get things, gets things done. This defense is the real deal. Um, you know, we are halfway through the season. You know, I'm real big on, on checkpoints. You know, quarter, half, three-quarter, you know, end. We are halfway through the season. This defense gets it done. Um, you know, again, I hear the criticism that they don't have more turnovers. You know, this defense is so good, I can I can live with that. You know, um, of course, it would be great if they did, but you know, they're they're getting the job done. Um, and again, I, I'm hopeful that Michigan can win. I think that it would be great, a great signature win. You know, we've talked about that. Coach Harbaugh does not have a signature win. You've brought it up many times. And yep. this would be a signature win. Yes, it would be. Yeah, it would be. And uh, we'll see. They gotta. They gotta not make stupid mistakes like throw interceptions or drop the ball, do things like that. And if they could get a few turnovers, that would surely even the game up. But I don't like playing at night in that atmosphere. It's got to be an awful chore for them. But uh, you know, 
it's tough to come in a Michigan state and do And if you're if you're pretending a contender, uh, a contender for championships, this kind of game is where you want to live. This is what you play football for, is to beat somebody highly ranked in their own house, in the most rockish house around. Uh, that's what a football player has to live for. So we'll see how Michigan does. Hope they're up to the challenge, whatever they are. Uh, I'm not going to get down on Harbaugh or them this year because uh, next year is going to be a great one. Well, Andy, I will tell you, I've been at Penn State, and, uh, you know, again, that game in 97, it was a monsoon, and the Penn State crowd was fired up, and Michigan shut them up from the beginning of the game, and I'll never forget, we had seats way up in, in the one end zone, and at halftime, you could see a string of cars leaving the stadium, and the Penn State sections emptying because they were getting beat so bad. So... I've experienced that as a fan, and I hope that this team experiences it as a team, and we will have that to look forward to no matter what happens. We will talk about it here on the podcast. Do you have any final words? Well, all I can say is go blue. Uh, these guys uh, have got their work cut off for them, and I hope they equip themselves well on all levels, offense, defense, the various position groups and Harbaugh and his crew of coaches will they call a good game and manage a good game. And you know what? I'll leave it at that. I totally agree. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.